Welcome, everybody, to the 108 Bricks Podcast. Curtis Coke, along with Dylan Buckwhites. We hey. are going to talk a lot about Cubs baseball today. And uh, it's like we're a week. Cubs themed podcast or something. I, I know, right? It's, Who would have thought we're gonna we're gonna talk about Cubs baseball on a Cubs themed podcast? <laughs> it's a wonderful world out there. Uh, anyways, so <laughs> beginning with a lot of the stuff that's happened with the team. Um, Cubs are in first. They are still in first place. That, which is that's good. always the important number one fact that we'll start out the episode with is the Cubs are in first. Uh, the other thing, too, is they're up by four games. Uh, Cincinnati, as we're recording this, beats the Brewers. So the Brewers are down a game, and the Cardinals now are tied with them for second place. Again, as we're recording now, this. Now, the Cubs still have to play yet today. They have the uh, closer of the best of three series against the Pirates, which they've already lost two of three. Hopefully they're looking to bounce back from a three-game skid tonight. So that number can go back down to three and a half. But as of now... Of the time we are recording, it is a solid four games. But looking ahead at the NL Central race, it's pretty interesting when you look at it because you've got a lot. It's a pretty close gap, I'd say. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call four games uh, a comfortable lead at all. Yeah. And you got a lot of a lot of games against these divisional rivals. I think we have at least f- uh, three or four left against St. Louis. And then, then five, I think, against the five Brewers. Against, five and then no, uh, seven against the Brewers. Or seven against the Brewers. That's right. Yeah, four out of town, and then three back at Wrigley this yeah. weekend or next weekend. And so, I, I for one, I'm a little scared. I, you were mentioning to me before we started recording this that you're actually you're liking the schedule. I, I am, and part of it is is that I look at the Brewers. Um, they're a team that's overachieved this year. They're they are still considered a rebuilding team and now. When you look at it this way, if the Brewers or Cardinals, by the rare chance, do go into the playoffs and uh, win the division, um, in that case, the Cubs would probably play the Diamondbacks or the Rockies in a one-game wild card. And assuming that they would, I would think, because of the way Jake Arrieta has pitched. Now, granted, I know he's injured right now, but um, if he came back and has pitched really well as he did the second half, and if John Lester can you know, be healthy. I think he and the Cubs could get past that wild card game. And then they go into the playoffs against the Brewers. Um, and I would still feel pretty comfortable with... It would actually be against the Dodgers. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the Nationals, right? No, Dodgers. We went over this already, I'm sorry. Curtis. Yes, I'm, I'm, I got it stuck in my if head. If you flash back to three episodes, the team that has the best record in the National That's League right. will yeah, claim yeah. the number one spot and will take on the winner of the, the wild, wild card, card game. Yeah, you're right. So, so the Dodgers. But, they will be going against the still, Dodgers. still, outside of... The Dodgers, um, looking at the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw doesn't have the greatest success in the postseason. We saw that against the Cubs in Game 6 of the NLCS, and the Cubs were able to actually do pretty well against the Dodgers' bullpen and pitching um, outside of that. Now, the Dodgers are a different team than when they were once then with you know the the guy that's Cody, Cody Bellinger, the heart and soul of that lineup and everything like that. So they're going to be a team that I think the Cubs will fair, fairly go well against. Now, the other thing, too, that I, that I like about the schedule is the fact that Joe Madden is now implementing a six-man rotation. This will give John Lackey and John Lester and Jake Arrieta, Kyle Hendricks, all the other guys a chance to get a little bit more extra rest. And I think another guy that could really benefit from this too is Jose Quintana because of the fact that he has struggled the last few starts that he has. In his last three starts, he, uh, not counting his start against the Pirates, but before that, he's 2-1 and one with an ERA at 5.82, so almost six, and he's got 24 strikeouts. So even though his win-loss is decent and his strikeout numbers are high, his ERA, he's still allowing runs. And I don't know 
if that has anything to do with you know what Chris Basio is doing with him or what, but that could give Quintana an extra day to really kind of di- digest and get back into um, the swing of things and hopefully kind of tinker out something. He seemed too. to ca- catch the case of the uh, the first inning bug that the that and that's the team what it had. is with him. It, it the Cubs seems like... to still have that worst like first inning in all of baseball, and his ERA is definitely influenced if if I'd love to see what his first inning ERA is because it's probably absolutely atrocious and then once he's able to get out of that first he's he really settles in and becomes a quality pitcher not even the first inning there were a couple of starts like for example in Philadelphia I think it was like the fourth or fifth inning it was just usually like one bad inning and he is not he doesn't usually get the start that he wants to he'll start off strong but then after that he'll kind of tail off a little bit and then he'll end up losing that uh last part of the start because of the fact that he just has one bad inning. Um, but I think everybody will benefit from that. I really do. Um, but this Brewer series is going to be interesting because of the fact that the Cubs, of course, having a road trip, they have a night game against Pittsburgh. Of course, the Brewers are complaining and about the, it. The Brewers have just been the little brother this whole season to the Cubs, thinking ever since they started off really well that they are you know, better than the Cubs. Some Brewers fans think that, I think, at least. But other Brewers fans, I think, are at least realistic. But the Cubs have a, a road game. And assuming they'd get back uh, near the middle of the night, they'd have to wake up for a 120 start, which I think was originally the plan. And now they decided to push it back to 705 start, so that way they which can. Which I, for one, I'm a little disappointed that the, it was duh, the eighth is my birthday, so I would have oh. loved to have that night off. But you know, yeah, beggars oh, well. can't be choosers. I exactly. guess I got to work that night. And that's the makeup game from that rain delay, isn't that? No, I don't think so. Friday's was a, Friday was an originally scheduled game. Oh, then what? The makeup a, game against the Brewers happened in July. No, no, no. Uh, did it happen yes. in July? Okay, it got rescheduled in July. I, oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting my days mixed up again. Um, but no, you're right. September is not July, Curtis. I, I for I'm clarification, t- totally aware of that. Thanks, just Dylan. just so you know, I I'll have to look at a calendar just to make sure. But I'm 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 confident. But yeah, it Thank is you. it is a very important series, though. We got seven games left of them, and obviously, of course. There's only four game, or there's only a four games separating the two teams, and so looking down the line, it, it for me, and that just scares me a lot, just because of those inconsistencies. You brought up Quintana and his first inning woes. Obviously, we're going to see him again tonight against Pittsburgh as they look to bounce back. But Lester went out; he's going to be back over the weekend, um, I believe. Arietta went out. He's going to be missing his start over the weekend, so it'll probably be we'll be seeing Arietta, uh, Lackey, Hendricks Friday, Saturday, Sunday, possibly you mean Mo- Montgomery, Lackey, Hendricks, Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery, Lackey. Hendricks. I wouldn't be surprised if they do recall. I don't know if he's. I think he's still with the the Iowa team. Eddie Butler to give him one spot start at least, that or could be. Just maybe, to fill it. or maybe if I don't know if anybody they called up from AAA, um, like Dylan Maples is a starter or not. But I know he's in the bullpen, but. Just make use out of it. And he has looked really well, good in his because first Because you know they're going to have to be putting out. You're in September baseball now. There's no time that's better of a year to be watching baseball than right now. Yeah. So we're going to be seeing a lot of playoff caliber games right now, especially with how close the division is. And for me, I, I've been saying it, I think, since episode one, is I want division or bust. I don't want to go into that one-game playoff. One, because it's a one-game playoff, anything goes, anything yeah. can happen. And as much as I really trust this team, it, they've been up and down. One, they could have that bad game, and suddenly the one they thing, lost. And the one thing that I'm hoping is that, um, assuming the Cubs take the division, um, by the end of the month and October, that team should be 100%, 100% healthy. Um, and yeah, that's we what were talking need. about the injuries. Arietta's coming back. Russell had a setback, but assuming that he's got to wait another three three weeks or so, that could take him to the end of the month. 
Um, in that case, though, it could allow Bias to be the starting shortstop in the playoffs. If and Javi's Russell been playing injured. really well. I'll get into it a little later, but he's really he's gotten his, he got his opportunity to become an everyday player, and he's taking the most out of it and just really hitting the ground running with that. And then Wilson Contreras, obviously close to coming back, but then again. The catching, the catching crew is gonna has been backing him up. It's, yeah. it's actually kind of interesting because with Wilson coming back, they're now gonna have five catchers. Yeah, on the team on the forty man. Yeah, and so <laughs> we went from being I'm like, oh, who's gonna be the starting catcher? To oh, hey, look, we have five catchers, catchers. now on our bench. Yeah, and so uh, six if you want to include Schwarber. But <clears throat> it's really interesting how that's gonna be playing out. Obviously. All eyes are going to be on Wilson. He'll be back this weekend. He's on his rehab assignment tonight to see how he plays. He was on fire before catching that injury. And so if he can come back, it's just another, it'll be another really powerful bat to have in the lineup. And as well as there's not a lot of pressure on him as well because uh, Avila and Rivera have really been picking up the slack that Contreras, was left behind. Contreras has also been ice cold in other categories that we'll uh, get into later in the in the segment here in the show. But, uh, but yeah, no, the catching has been great. Um, Alex Avila has been really well. I've been really impressed with Rene Rivera. Um, this is the guy that they claimed off of waivers from the Mets, and he's just kind of been put right into the lineup. And for him to be a veteran catcher along with Avila – and join a team that Contreras has been working with pitching staff-wise throughout the whole season with the exception of Jose Quintana. Um, now it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward here because of the fact that you get Wilson back, you can take out, uh, you could probably keep Avila or Ren, uh, Rene Rivera as your three catchers, but then you send the other guys down. Yeah, it you should be, mean? it'll be an interesting decision to see how that plays out. Obviously, they're not going to have five catchers on their uh, roster for the playoffs, but there's definitely is no shortage of quality players or lack of bats per se. Yeah, because you'll have Wilson coming back. He was on fire before the break. Avila's been playing really well. Uh, Rene Rivera obviously came in and filled his role e- even better. But now let's move on and more like go back to the Brewers ordeal because obviously they're oh, okay. they're going to be coming into town for three games this weekend. Yep, yep. And that Friday that was originally a one twenty was rescheduled to a seven o'clock. MLB allowed it as well as the city of Chicago allowed it. This will be the first Friday night game at Wrigley in a very, very, very long time. Yeah. And the Brewers just love to start shit for it for absolutely no reason. It you seems know what? Like. I, I can I don't get why what the big deal is because I know the Cubs wouldn't have been complaining if the Brewers, you know, had like a road trip and they asked for it to be pushed back. But since the Brewers are in a pennant race and they've been misleading their fans that their team's good, now they come in and they're like, okay, well I mean, don't get me wrong. The Brewers are a, a the solid Brewers are team, a good team, but I don't but think they're a they're not they're top not better the than line. on paper. They're not better than the Cubs, and their experience is very lack in a lot of areas. Um, so for me, if you ask me, I think the Brewers are just overachievers at this point, and uh, I think they'll start dipping a little bit near the end of the month. Um, but I think this this matchup with the Brewers this week could be, um, and they weren't even like they weren't complaining because they hadn't like it benefits them just as much as it benefits the Cubs yeah. because they were playing I think they had a travel day the night before also so they would be waking up at the same time early and the Cubs went to MLB and were like hey can we do this they went to the city asked for it to be approved and both said yes yeah and so they're like okay it'll work for everyone we don't want our players to possibly get injured on the low turnover it's safer it's more efficient it yeah. works for both teams and so then suddenly 
the Brewers come in and are like, hey, well, it was originally scheduled, so it has to stay like that. They're just starting an argument for the sake of an argument just because, I don't know, it seemed, I don't know why they want almost a like they're in over their heads They or want a competitive, a competitive edge over the Cubs, in my opinion. Um, by complaining and saying that it should stay the same because they want the Cubs to be tired from that long road trip to take advantage of getting that first game. But it also brings up the topic of day and night games at Wrigley as well because the Cubs by far play the most day games out of any other team in Major League Baseball. And really you can't even, partially it's the city's fault. Just a little bit of the city's fault. I think a lot of it. Because there's a very, because of, Wrigley's location in the middle of a neighborhood. Uh, There's a limitation set in by the aldermen to limit the amount of night games and the noise that can happen. That's why there's no night games played on Friday. That's why there are curfews set for concerts, and that's why there's a limited amount of night games. That always confuses me why they don't have night games on a Friday, because then it's the weekend. You know what I mean? Like, everybody will go out and have drinks and eat and stuff like that on a Friday because they don't have to go to work the next day. Whereas, if you have a night game on a Tuesday night where people have to wake up at 6 in the morning or 7 in the morning for work the next day, why are you prohibit? Why are you allowing that to happen I guess on a Tuesday night? They just don't want it because it, it'll be... It usually will let out in the middle of a rush hour or... It'll be starting around, like, people will be coming to the park but after Chicago rush hour. Chicago has one of the worst traffic issues anyway, so why would it be such a big deal I, I for wish rush it, hour? I wish it made any sense. If anything, but... it could spark more fuel into the city's public transportation system and have people take the CTA or Metra. That's, or even Pace, for that matter, too. That would be a, a bigger issue, a, a bigger benefit from that, in my opinion. Because then if you have people... Because you're still going to have people drive regardless. But the fact of the matter is that when you allow the Cubs to have a... a you know, a, a night game on a Friday, you can have people spending more money on the weekend stuff because then you know that the people are going to well, go home and that, sleep in until the next I think you're also day. talking from a business perspective too because I think they just want the, the area is going to be enough. There's going to be a lot of partiers in general around there and I think they're just trying but to limit still, they're just trying to limit perspective, the, it's I great. Think from but, a business perspective, I still think that having a night game on a Friday night versus a uh, Tuesday night would still be more beneficial. No, it, and, it, and it would be because you'd be bringing in a lot more business because people would be coming off of work. But from a social perspective, I think they just want to give the neighborhood a little bit more of a break. Obviously, because Saturdays and Sundays, those day games, you have people coming in at 10 in the morning to drink and they're leaving at 10 in the morning the next morning. Like, but I mean, so that's, that's it's the case really, even on some weekdays, though, for people. Like for, especially and and for, that's why they're trying to limit it. That's why they're like, okay, we're going to make this a Friday day game. We're just going to make sure it's cleared out. Everything's good. I mean, then you'll just see the normal night crew or the normal people there. It's sort of just, it's it's a little bit I of would, a break to the, the I neighborhood. I would understand in a sense. more of doing a Friday, Saturday night game and having Sunday be your day game. I, I that would I, make well, more personally, sense. Personally, I just want day. I like day baseball, so I'm, I do I'm too. not Don't against get me day wrong. baseball at but all. The Cubs are trying to push for more night games. But now, well, let's look at this from a player's perspective now, because playing a lot of day games is a lot different than playing primarily more night games on your schedule. Yeah. So if you're looking at it from a night game perspective, obviously you're staying up a little later, but it's really not that much. You're probably... Still, you're gonna your game game is gonna start at seven o'clock, seven ten, and then you're gonna go from um, seven at the very latest. That game's ending at eleven o'clock at night. You're home by midnight, and then the nice thing is you get to sleep in the next morning. You get your full workouts in, as opposed to a day game where your report time is probably ten in the morning for a one twenty game or earlier if you have a longer workout yeah, but schedule. I would so, even say because there's sometimes three o five starts too. 
You could start the game at 3.05 Well, on a there Sunday. used to be a 3.05 start, actually, for the Cubs when there was, uh, it was a couple years ago, it used to be the business game that the Cubs I- initiated on a Friday. We used to have 3.05 start games, and those were, those were just, it actually ruined the schedule more, because as a baseball player, you actually got into this rhythm of either, I have this wake-up time for a 7 o'clock game, I have this wake-up time for a one twenty, and then like once every two or three weeks, you'd be like, oh, now I have to screw up everything to wake up for this 3.05 game time, yeah. and a lot of players didn't like it, Madden was complaining about it, and it's just not good, and so... They're trying to keep things. Sense, yeah, though. they're trying to keep things more consistent. And so, what would you rather see? Do you want more night games at Wrigley, or do you want to see the same day baseball that we've been used to seeing every year? I would like to see a few more night games. I think a lot of people would like to see a few more night games. I think, for me personally, though, I think the the city's limitation is a little bit of a BS on my, at least in my part. I understand what they're trying to do in terms of like limiting it, but you don't have to have you know every single Friday and Saturday and, you know, be a night, a a day game. You can mix it up and give them night games and stuff like that. And I I honestly think too, though, that a lot of people, I mean, from a business perspective and for, in terms of getting, you know, money into the city, having a, a, like a a 605 or 705 start at Wrigley and then on a Friday or Saturday and then having like a 305 start on a Sunday would make more sense because then the players get the rest and then people who just went home Saturday night, they still have some time to sleep in and then finally get to the ballpark. And then also it causes people on Sunday to be more responsible because then they have (laughs) Monday to go back to work. So in my personal opinion, the Cubs and the city could really capitalize on a Friday-Saturday night game duo. Now, if you want to put it in the middle of the week, that's fine. I love day games. I really do. I don't have anything wrong with day games. I love sitting at the ballpark on a nice sunny day in, in the middle of the afternoon and having, you know, a, a brat or, you know, a beer for 18 bucks when it costs, you know, that high, but I think in terms of uh, in the terms of trying to get people into the um in terms of getting people into the park, the park and trying to capitalize on a situation if anything, I think you should try to force as many night games near the end of the week as possible and then just have your early Sunday through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday day games in. Don't get me wrong. You don't have to have that pattern, but you could always mix in a day game on a Friday or on a Saturday or whatever. Um, but I think in terms – you just have to look at the schedule and what makes sense. Um, you could start games earlier. You could start games later You know, for that sort of thing. And you can schedule it so that way the players are happy and the, the coaches are happy. And-, and I'd love to see that from a player's perspective, hear it from what, what they like better because obviously we can speculate and say whatever we want. Yeah. But in the end, it's how they – what they are comfortable with playing with. Of course, And yeah. I personally, I don't know. From a, from a fan perspective, I personally like having day games a yeah. lot more just because I don't like getting out really late. I don't like having to – I lose a lot. I feel like it's just like a countdown until the game starts once I wake up in the morning. I like being able to wake up, go watch baseball, go home, and still have a little bit of my day left to me. Like yeah. I, I could do something and, else after. And that's what I'm saying. You don't have to have a, a lot of Friday night games. But it, from a business standpoint, the Cubs could really capitalize, and the city of Chicago could capitalize on that. And I don't know what other reasoning they have besides the fact that they are trying to just protect the, the neighborhood and keep – that neighborhood in check, but adding 10 more night games into a 162 game schedule 
doesn't make a big difference, at least in my opinion. It well, wouldn't make a big difference. Well, so the worst thing is now is they're not going to get approved for any more night games with the city because they just they're the rumor is they're going for 15 concerts next year, which will also take away even more night games from the already allowed schedule. Well, in that in that case, that's the Cubs business decision. No, yeah, to, that's that's do they want, it's do a they totally. Want... There's like two. There's two different worlds to this argument too. There's the yeah. business argument, and then there's like the the player operations from, argument. From the baseball team perspective, it makes sense to have more night games. But if the Cubs are more willing to use the opportunity to use those night games where they can fit in more people into Wrigley for a, a Pearl Jam concert or a Foo Fighter concert or a Lady Gaga concert or a Green Day concert or whatever take advantage of it you know that I guess that just helps bring in more money into the neighborhood which is what you want to see out of that area if it works it works exactly um, let's move on to our next segment which we've been doing for a, a long time because we're show. in September now and exactly. that means the rosters have expanded so 40 man 40, 40 man, man roster, roster now up from 25. Yes, that's so correct. So up from the 25-man roster, which means a lot more players can be brought up. The AAA season has ended. Yep. Uh, the Cubs AAA affiliate team, their season is done. That means any players from that team with the Cubs. From totally, AAA yeah. Iowa, they can come up and they get expanded on the 40-man roster. I blinked on that. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> and that So you've seen, like, have you seen that Cubs catcher? I think his name is Taylor Davis, the guy who always looks at the camera. He's up on the roster now. Um, Dylan Naples, who's had a pretty good start to his career in the bullpen, has pitched really well. He's, got a, he's a, a got roster some nasty pitches. Uh, Mike Freeman, <laughs> who we saw play a couple of games in uh, the for the injured Javi Baez, uh, was a call up as well. So you see guys making their call ups and that sort of stuff. Um, but we should see. We probably won't see a lot of them. The probably the guys that we'll see the most are probably backups to the position players, so like Mike Freeman or like uh, um, Dylan Maples. Or well, Victor Carantini like also got called up, and we'll see him getting a few uh, yeah, starts uh-huh. there. But I guess what we're talking about here is, like, what's the best thing that the Cubs can do to make sure to utilize the most out of this 40-man roster? And I think you mentioned it a little bit here, um, and I guess we could talk about a little more is the fact that we can expand, or the Cubs can now expand to – a five-man or even six-man rotation with the with the call-ups of all these new pitchers. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're seeing Mike Montgomery get a lot more starts, which will ease the tension off of some of the starters like Lester, Quintana, and Lackey. But we're also now, y- we could see Eddie Butler come in there and take a start here and there. Dylan Maples can get yeah. a start here and there. And so... Obviously, I don't. I don't. I personally, I don't want to see these guys take their starts in their big divisional games. Yeah, I think that's for the we save that for the big guns, and I don't know how the rotation will work out to to plan that out accordingly. Obviously, yeah. But I think having the games. Obviously, I think the Cubs have a few more games left against the Reds. Uh, the Pirates are tonight. Get those guys in during those games when the pressure is a little less there. It'll it'll be a little more interesting. I think now because of how close the divisional race is, yeah. how this rotation works out. Obviously, if the Cubs were like seven, eight to ten games ahead, we'd be seeing it's just like, okay, it really it doesn't matter. Let's just throw um, yeah. let's throw John Jay out there and start a game. Who does who cares? Yeah, who really but, cares, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting because I think with the expansion it, it offers a lot of options, but it also leaves a lot of hard decisions on the table for Joe Madden and his coaching staff because you want to make sure your team is healthy and ready to go, but in a tight playoff race it makes it really difficult because you want to be still making sure you're putting the best possible team out on the field every game. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. So should we move on to our over-unders? Yeah. Let's do that. So uh, for those of you who have uh, been following uh, our show, our podcast for a while now, we each week or every two weeks we have um, our overperforming players, our overachievers, and our underperforming players of the week. Um, and we both pick a player that's been on both offense or defense, or they could be pitchers, whatever. And uh, we decide to choose whether or not, uh, or not even choose, we chose them to see how good they've been doing lately, how not so good they've been doing lately. Um should we? Should, do you want me to go first? Go you right. Want, go. Go right ahead. Okay, I was. So, I realized I was saying that. And I wasn't even on mic. <laughs> um, so, my overachieving player this week, uh, Renee Rivera. Um, like I told you guys earlier, I was really impressed with him. I I think that for a guy who's not really batting for a high average, he's still you know for in terms of his work behind the plate has been doing a really good job in calling games and working with the, the rotation and the staff to get up to date on everything. Nice. He's a veteran catcher who knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I think he came in and knew exactly what his role was going to be of in course. this organization and he's filling it to a T. Yeah. And so it's nice seeing that out of the guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my underperforming player of the week, uh, and you might have heard a hint of this earlier. This is um, pretty good. Is uh, <laughs> Wilson Contreras. Um, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, uh, Wilson Contreras, uh, he got rejected by uh, Mil- M- Mia Khalifa, who is a uh, former porn star. And uh, he messaged her, um, or actually she put out a tweet earlier saying, uh, Cubbies, your man's wandering around in left field. Can you come get him? And then she tweeted at the Cubs. And then... Uh, she included a picture of messages that um, he sent to her, and uh, which included him saying, "I'm sure you get this a lot, but I'm a big fan of you." Sent a bunch of sent a bunch of kissy emojis, and then um, it will be great if you just said hi. And then after that, Mia said bye, and then she, he responded back, "LOL, good morning, good afternoon, my friend," with the fire emoji. And then later on, he said, "I hope you're doing good." Um, People have been uh, <laughs> commenting saying that uh, he obviously doesn't know how to like really pick up women, I guess. But I don't know. That was just the, the weird thing about it. And then it was great. It's just kind of some like lighthearted fun. Yeah, right but all, there. Contreras's agent told Deadspin um, that his account was hacked. So I'm not oh. sure. The le- I'm not sure about the legitimacy of that uh, or not. Still um, funny nonetheless. Yeah. So I I don't know that I I, I got a good I got a. But hold Good on, another another guy that had a really good response to this, and he's a big Cubs fan. I don't know if you pay attention to Barstool Sports at all, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barstool Big Cat, um, he's on the podcast. Pardon my take, and he he replied to Mia because uh, he said, "Good afternoon, my friend." And then uh, Big Cat replied to Mia and the Cubs saying, "Since when is making new friends a bad thing?" So that was I thought that was pretty funny. That's good. Um, but anyways, so that's the underachieving player of the week, uh, Mr. Wilson Contreras trying to uh, supposedly, of course, um, because it's not not official yet, but trying to get in with a, uh, a Mia Khalifa. So anyways, Dylan, let's look at your guys. So I get a it's funny because I've been criticizing this guy a ton, but I think I actually went with him last week. Uh, I pick Javier Baez again, 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 because boys he's filled in the shoes that we need to be that were needed to be filled becoming an everyday position player ever since he took on that opening role early august bias has been batting 292 with a 350 on base percentage brought in 24 rbis and six steals in seven attempts now yeah. my one criticism of him 
is this guy needs to stop being so damn wild on the base paths. I, I, I get it. I really enjoy how like he stole home against yeah. the Pirates the other game, but that, that play was on him. That yeah. that play was an error. That should have been really an error on the Pirates' part because the, the catcher blew the play. He was caught halfway yeah. down the third baseline, and all the catcher had to do was get up and run at him, and instead he sort of botched a throw to third and just gave Javi home. Yeah. But... Other than that, his hitting has come through. Obviously, his fielding is astounding. You really can't look at him any other way other than he's a he should be and can be a full time position player in the major leagues. Obviously, yeah. in the Cubs lineup, once Will or once uh, Addison Russell comes back off of his injury, it'll be tough for us to see that. But he's filled in the shoes he's needed to fill. A two ninety two average is certainly nothing to complain about at all in any way, shape, or form. His power has been there, 24 RBIs, uh, more than a few home runs. Yeah. He's taking a lot less strikeouts now, and with the phenomenal glove he's had on the field, you really can't put an argument to have that man start every every game you possibly can have him starting at. And so that's why I give him my, con- not condolences, my... <laughs> Why your pick, I, I, my your pick, pick for the week. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's my pick for the uh, overperforming player of the week. Now, the underperforming, I kind of want to go back to the Cubs bullpen again. Um, we were talking a little bit about Koji Uihara a little bit before we started recording and how he's been underperforming. But I keep looking toward Carl Edwards Jr. And it's almost like he's like forced into an underperforming position just because of how the bullpen has been shaping up. Yeah. Obviously, I think there's going to be a little less pressure on him when you got guys like Eddie Butler coming up from AAA, Dylan Maples coming up from AAA, and so there's going to be a lot more utilities in that bullpen. But Carl Edwards, who's been a guy who's been up and down yeah. throughout the season, um, he's kind of been turned into this like utility setup guy to come in for the to the eighth inning to set up uh davis near the end and the hardest thing is he's been giving up a lot of walks yeah his stuff is there he's he's got a really nasty slider and a really great fastball and he's been able to get uh dispose of guys in a short amount of pitches and get through that eighth inning situation and even come in uh, in areas where there's guys on base and be able to salvage the situation. But he's also had a lot of problem with walks, and that's his big issue that he's been having. We saw that the night before against the Pirates where he walked in another run, and then suddenly the Pirates have a 4-3 lead after a couple hits. Yeah. He almost gets himself into a lot of trouble. And I think, and, p- yeah, I think part of that, actually not even part of it really, I, in my opinion, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact the situations Joe Madden puts him in is kind of tough because... I mean, there, there's been an, a lot of, uh, um, at least on some parts of the back end, like Koji Uhara has struggled, like we, uh, like you were about to mention. Um, a, a lot of guys Pedro have really... Pedro Strope's obviously been up and down the entire year. Rondon's been Although pretty my, decent. My impression of Strope, he's been an up and down pitcher his whole career, yeah. essentially. Well, the thing is, though, and, and this is where I sort of get a little nitpicky, though, is if this is the, if this is the role they want him to fulfill... He needs to make sure he can fill that because we sort of have this like running gag the second half of, oh boy, here comes the Cubs' eighth inning yeah. where we take a lead going into the eighth and then suddenly in the ninth it's gone. Yeah. And so he needs to come down on those walks because we need him to be that guy we want because obviously Strope's been up and down. 
Rondon's yeah. uh, been up and down, although he's been looking a lot, a little more solid as of late. Justin Justin Wilson, who they acquired from Detroit, has struggled a Justin lot. Justin Grimm had an injury. Yeah. Was, wasn't pitching too great before that. Did decent in relief after... You have, you have Montgomery out of the bullpen to be in the starting rotation. Although, I, I give Grimm, Grimm credit. He did really well after Arietta came off of injury. He pitched yeah. two innings of solid relief, did not give up any runs, and kept them in the game. Brian Dunsing has been pretty good too. I mean, for the most part, he's been about average. I think, in my, at least. And the Cubs have one of the. It's it's weird because we call this out, um, but the Cubs have like the second best bullpen in all of baseball right now. It is kind of weird. It's to, it's to a really that. impressive bullpen, but it's the things we pick out when we're under a lot of pressure. We only have four games in the division. Yeah. October's right around the corner. We need to make sure these things are solid or a playoff run. A deep playoff run will yeah. not be in the picture if a playoff it's, run at all. It's kind of funny because compared to last year's team, the bullpen was was pretty weak for the Cubs in terms of depth. They didn't have a lot of depth. Uh, and they went out and acquired Wallace Chapman, and of course the rest is history. They won the World Series. But it was the offense it that really... was just the Chapman show. It was your starting pitcher pitched seven to eight innings, and then Chapman finished the rest. Yeah, Um but then you had the uh, issues with, in the playoffs, Madden didn't have really anybody he could trust out of the bullpen. So that's why in Game 7, John Lester went two innings and out of relief. And you had uh, you know Chapman coming in, too, for the ninth inning. And um, But all that, yeah, I totally agree. It's um, The bullpen this year is a lot deeper, but I think talent-wise, it's, it's just been really struggling lately. And we, there was a stretch during the middle of the season where the bullpen was some of the best pitching the Cubs had, but the starting pitching couldn't lead to them. And now it's the other mm-hmm. way around. The starting pitching might do pretty well for five or six or seven innings, and then the bullpen just can't keep it together. Um, so hopefully by the time the end of September rolls around, it'll be about the same, both pitching. Uh, I think it'll be interesting, and as long as the Cubs, the Cubs have all the utility to make a deep playoff run again. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think it'll. I don't, I'm not sure if they could do the World Series again. Obviously, that's extremely difficult. But the the potential of a deep playoff run is more than possible with this team. Oh, of course. There just has to be a few things that need to be locked up and tightened and fixed. Yeah, for them really. to make sure that happens. All right. Well, Dylan, I think uh, that's really about it for this week. Oh, do you want to go more? No, I'm done. Oh, okay. Why'd you flip me off, you bastard? But anyways, uh, (laughs) we'll see you guys next week here on 108 Bricks Podcast. If you want to get involved in the next week's show. Yell at us on Twitter. Yell at us on Facebook. Email us, 108BricksPodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up at 108BricksPod, I think is our Twitter. And then 108BricksPod on Facebook and then on or excuse me, on Twitter. Facebook, you can just search 108 Bricks Podcast and you'll see it there too. Um, I guess that'll do it for us. Obviously, our next episode is going to be interesting because it's going to be one of the last two weeks of the season when yeah. we record and again, so, so that'll be it. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have a playoff edition. I was going to say that show. should be, well, uh, hopefully next week will be our playoff preview and then the next one will be our uh, playoff edition. Yeah, so fingers, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Still a lot of baseball left. Or, or it'll be playoff edition and then we're crying because we got a limited edition. <laughs> so who knows? Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we'll exactly. see you in a couple weeks. <laughs>